0: over film country. I'm Isaac Sims.
1: I'm Olivia Clement.
0: This is a podcast about places oft forgotten by Hollywood, but today we're discussing a little film that has captured our hearts. It's the Daniels new film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. You excited to talk about this, Olivia? I'm super excited Man. to discuss this with you.
1: Isaac, like, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Uh, it It's just become such a cultural like phenomenon, and I think that a lot of people who normally wouldn't have seen it are have seen it and love it. And so I'm just I'm pumped to talk about this movie.
0: Yep. Yep. This movie just passed $50 million at the box office, which um is not um in the compared to compared to other blockbusters isn't a lot of movie, but is the highest grossing um A24 movie, the indie production company. Um and that's a big deal. It unseated Uncut Gems is its highest grossing movie, which is mm-hmm. crazy. So we're very excited to talk about it it is mine olivia's um one of our favorite movies of the year um mm-hmm. i think it's my number two right now but it's your number one right i
1: think it's my number one yeah 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 what's your number one
0: my number one is the northman which okay. i okay. saw like i
1: kind of figured a week that ago was gonna, okay yeah.
0: yeah and and All I'll right. we'll talk about that more we're gonna um talk a little bit about some uh some good movies and tv that we've been watching recently but first kind of a sad announcement um we are seeing Eric uh, take a step back in the podcast, and he's, he's just experienced a, an increase in workload and has some exciting things on the horizon for him personally, and we're uh, definitely going to miss him. He first appeared on our Scott Pilgrim episode, ranking the seven evil exes, which is a lot of fun. And yeah, so, uh, definitely sorry to see him go, but I don't think it's the last time that we'll get to see him so
1: yeah no yeah it won't be the last time i'm sure uh he man we loved having eric on on here Uh, absolutely brought brought so much to to our show he he brought you know this this love for for asian cinema which which i think has allowed you and me to to appreciate asian cinema much more he his love for her for horror has given me at least an appreciation for it even if if I'm not going to go out of my way to watch horror yep. um but yeah like i i mean really without eric we we probably would have never talked about dazed and confused we wouldn't have talked about you know how great richard link uh linklater is uh Junkie and, express yeah, yeah yeah and and i mean honestly one of my favorite episodes was the animation episode that he and i did and and that was a lot of fun because for me, I feel like a lot of people think animation is, is dumb or, or for kids and, and hearing someone else talk about their love for animation was, was just really nice and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to really miss Eric. He brought a lot to, to the team that, that we just couldn't bring and, and we were very fortunate for it.
0: Yeah, it is farewell for now see you later, not goodbye. So, and, and we do we do wish that Eric had been able to be on this episode with us, but unfortunately yeah. his schedule just didn't allow it, um, which is totally understandable. So um, moving on to, I have a hilarious story for you, Olivia. We're, okay. we're going to talk for about just a couple minutes before we dive into this awesome right. uh, discussion of this awesome movie. Um, I have a hilarious story. Okay. Uh, the prompt was, have you uh what have you been watching recently, which we usually do? I had a dream. I saw that you saw the movie Senior Year
1: uh, with
0: red starring Rebel Wilson. Classic. Yeah. I had a dream that David Fincher directed that movie. And I had to like melt down at my <laughs> cubicle, realizing that he had like fallen from such great heights. <laughs>
1: So, wait, so in your dream, was the movie the exact same?
0: I it didn't was just... watch the movie. I was looking at the credits on Letterboxd, which shows you how my subconscious <laughs> works when I'm not awake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I actually would love to see David Fincher take on a film like that and make it David Fincher-esque, but uh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And you just were like freaking out at your, your office. Yeah.
0: I was like, what
1: the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But did, okay. was that a good
0: movie? I saw that you watched it.
1: It was fine. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's going to be like.
0: Was it a Netflix movie?
1: Yeah, it's a Netflix okay, movie. Right. I don't think it's going to be like a a classic teen movie or anything like that. It's not going to no, be. Uh,
0: to all the boys I've loved before
1: yeah it's no I I, it gets it gives me like never been kissed vibes with Drew Barrymore and so I will say it had a great soundtrack I really enjoyed the soundtrack I think for me what I my kind of hang-up is I hate watching new things that involve Gen, Gen Z in the way like and it make all the gen zers so stereotypical gen z. Yes. Yep. Like I don't I maybe it's cuz I live in Oklahoma but like a lot of the gen zers I interact with do not talk like that. Even even the ones who are like um I don't know like their pronouns are they them or or you know like right, right. like they don't talk in the same way that it seems like Teenagers talk on TV or movie in movies. And, and not
0: all of them are like phone obsessed and that kind of thing. Most of them yeah. are, but not all of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have a skewed view because most of the time I interact with, with teenagers through work. And so, so that, that probably skews my experience of them. I don't know what they look like out in the, the real world. I try to not interact with teenagers the youths uh because as you say the youths as i say so anyway but yeah i watched that and then so okay here's the reason i watched that so i went to san francisco recently right i went on vacation and i stayed at my friend's tia tia her house um my friend's tia's house tia's aunt in spanish by the way and she let us stay at our house for free she fed us all week like we saved so much money on like housing and food that week because because our tia was coming in clutch well so so she she was like i started watching this last night and um i fell asleep but i really want to watch it and so i was like okay yeah I like it um so when when your, your friend's Tia, who's been letting you stay at their house for free and who has been uh, feeding you for free for a week, says, hey, let's watch a movie. You say, yes, ma'am. And so we watched se- senior year, and then we also watched the newest Rambo, which I've never seen Rambo.
0: I've never and seen the the original Rambo or the, or the new one. I'd heard that that one that you watched is pretty problematic
1: it's so i was like kind of watching it i also had my phone out and was watching whatever the playoff game was on um but yeah she (laughs) she was like oh you guys have you guys seen the last rainbow we were like no and she goes have you seen any of the rainbows we were like no and she goes oh you guys are gonna love it it's it's so good it's kind of it's kind of intense but you guys are gonna really like it and i was like nice nice oh no anyway it was it was very like gory like way gorier than i was expecting it to be Mm -hmm. it was a lot so uh but i did watch game night for the first time on the flight there
0: that is a great movie
1: i watched it on my on my phone just like it was intended to be viewed
0: david lynch is yeah terrified yeah uh
1: game night is amazing
0: Game Night's amazing.
1: It's so good.
0: I have it on DVD.
1: <laughs> I honestly have thought about buying it because I don't think it's streaming anywhere. And it's it's so good.
0: It's one of those, it's one of those like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the the identity theft or fraud or whatever it is with Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. But it's Game Night is great because him and Rachel McAdams have just impeccable, Electric chemistry, yeah, and she they bounce off each other in incredible ways. And he's in this like non-arrested development, non-Ozark zone of kind of lev- levity and humor mm-hmm. that you don't usually get to see him in. And mm-hmm. of course, like Jesse Plemons is the star of that movie.
1: Man, like, okay, Oscar-worthy I didn't know, performance. I didn't know that the picture I, I've seen it like used as a meme before of Jesse Plemons holding the dog. Yeah, I didn't know that was so from Game Night. Good. It's I had so no good. idea what it was from. But man, as soon as I, the first time I see, like, I see that scene, I go, wait, no, that's hilarious. Like, it's amazing. Um,
0: Plemons got memed.
1: Plemons got memed. Okay. Man, he's, everyone in it is so good. I mean, yep. uh, Kyle Chandler is in it. Uh, Lamorne Morris from New Girl, who plays Winston, he's in it. He's so good. It's man, it's just awesome. It's hilarious. I was cracking up. The storyline was really good. It kept me guessing. I was like, this is amazing. Every, okay. Everyone was right. This is a great movie.
0: It ends up this being stuff. pretty intense too. It which does. Is cool. yeah.
1: Yes. There's a scene which I had, see, I, I had seen the scene on Twitter somehow. Someone had shown it and I didn't, I knew it was from game night. I didn't know when it was going to pop up, but I figured I, I found it at the end but there's a scene that's like really kind of grotesque. Like it's gross. And, and Rachel McAdams is so funny in it. Cause she's like, yes, he's gone. And then she, she, all of a sudden she goes, Oh no, he died. And it's just so funny. Rachel McAdams is so funny. So that's what I I've love. Been watching. I love
0: the scene where the, <laughs> it might've been that last, it was that, scene, that same scene. I'm pretty sure where she, he's, she, what did she say? He's like, She's like, please don't kill me. I have kids. And he's like, yeah. No, you don't. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah. And she's
1: like, Yeah, it is the oh, same thing. Thank scene. you.
0: It's yeah, like so funny. <laughs> so she is amazing. Yeah. That's what Rachel McAdams having chemistry with a uh, her male co lead <laughs> looks like. That's what
1: it looks like.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I yeah. I got to watch. Um, I mentioned the Northmen at the top of the episode. The Northmen kind of is is extremely masculine obviously but something about the pacing of this movie it's basically hamlet uh alexander skarsgård's getting revenge um
1: i love hamlet it
0: it, honestly like you you'd probably like this movie um it's my favorite eckers movie that i've seen so far um there's just something really really exciting about this like and kind of epic on a um, lord of the rings level Mm -hmm. um or uh, Lord of the Rings level of scale. Um, really, really loved it. I was just so excited. Like seeing it in a theater is incredible. Highly recommend it. One that I may not recommend to everyone is Men, the new Alex Garland okay. horror movie. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Cause I, part of me wants to see it because Jesse Buckley's in it and I love Jesse Buckley, but also it's a horror movie and we all know how I feel about that.
0: It I don't know if you would like it, um, okay. partially because it is a movie of ideas, similar like okay. very similar to how The Green Knight is a movie about ideas mm-hmm. and less about story. Um, it is much shorter than The Green Knight, which is kind of a plus for it. Um, but it's a very small cast. She gets a lot to do, and it's not like scary in a traditional sense. Okay, the the <laughs> the final third act is just nuts it is really really nuts and pretty violent and jessica checked out of the movie when it started oh so um but i can't stop thinking about it so it's it's one of those movies i don't love it as much as i love the green knight but it is is definitely hitting on something really unique um and so i guess if you're listening to this and that sounds appealing to you go see it. It's like, it's really beautiful. There's a scene where she's walking through the woods um, on this retreat after her husband dies. And she's, you can see like she's healing and the music is beautiful and it just the movie looks incredible. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I'm going to let my uh, cat in.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, while Isaac is doing that, uh, I think I'll talk a little bit about TV shows that I've been watching. Uh, Isaac has Barry listed and I've been watching Barry. Uh, and so Isaac, I was just talking about TV shows and I see that you've listed Barry on, on yours.
0: Have you been watching I started, okay, I've started, cool. I've started
1: the season. I think I've only seen the first episode. How many episodes are out now?
0: Four? Four? I think they air on Sunday evenings. Yeah. yeah I think the fifth okay. one is coming tomorrow. Okay. All Man, right. wait, so are you caught up?
1: No, I'm not. I've okay. only watched the first episode, which... I don't remember what happens in the first I have to go back and rewatch it but I remember going this is gonna be a crazy season
0: he I, I really appreciate that the direction that they went in this season um kind of spoilers for Barry but like or or mild spoilers he is he's like not good mm-hmm. <laughs> in this he's not like a moral like conflicted he's just kind of bad so far yeah yeah. in this, in this series so
1: oh yeah i remember what happens in the first episode of this season because he he's like hired to kill the guy this guy who the guy who hired him was like this man is cheating uh th- this is the man my wife is cheating on me with or whatever and he just ends up killing both of them
0: and and it, it's it's yeah like i said it starts off the whole series with uh I'm I'm mad. I'm in a dark yeah. place. I'm um, yeah. and then he there's a really really scary scene with him and his girlfriend um where he ver- verbally abuses her in front of her coworkers mm. and it's it's just a really interesting direction for this season. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to see what happens with it. And it's already it's been renewed for a fourth season, so
1: I saw that. Great. And mm-hmm. and what's his face is going to be directing all of it. Yeah.
0: Um, Bill Hader. Bill yep. Hader. <laughs> um yeah i've been watching a lot more tv than movies um who uh, are you i know seriously there's just a lot of good stuff on right now um under the banner of heaven is a andrew garfield um crime movie that's based on a book by john krakauer and it's um it's a it's based on true events in um of a murder in a city outside salt lake city and it's really good. There's very heavy um, a- exploration of the Mormon church and the Mormon faith. And we are going to cover it at the beginning of June. Um, so you, you've committed to, to watch watch the series with me. And instead of doing an episode by episode, we're going to do, which I think is how we're going to cover TV from now on. We're going to cover the finale yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the entire series as a whole which yeah. would be really fun.
1: I think that's probably best for us because uh none of the series we're fall follow- like we're going to cover have more than like six episodes or, yep. or nine. And so if I think it'd be different if if it was kind of like traditional TV where there were like twenty four episodes and we cover it at the like winter finale. But yeah, I think I think doing it at the end uh is
0: good. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is, I believe, how we're going to cover the Obi Wan series. It's going to air at the beginning of June, and and or or, no, it's going to
1: no, it comes out this next week. So the twenty seventh, I think, is when it comes out, and then I don't, I think there's six episodes. So yep. So what mid June, late June?
0: Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll yeah end of June, I think, is when the finale airs. So we'll have an episode on Kenobi then, super. Interested to see what they do with that. Um, Atlanta just had its final episode of the third season yesterday, which is one of my favorite things on TV right now. Go watch that. Um, Olivia, do you have any other recommendations before we jump into everything everywhere?
1: No, I I just want us to start talking about it. I would like for
0: us to do that. Let's do it. Do you want to read the synopsis and kick off this discussion?
1: Yeah. So, so, Everything Everywhere All at Once is about an aging Chinese immigrant who is swept up an insane adventure where she alone can save what's important to her by connecting with all the lives she could have led in other universes. So so it stars Michelle Yeoh as, as the aging immigrant um, and, and then Ki Hu Quan?
0: I think it's Ki Hu Quan. He Quan. Yep.
1: yep. Uh, as her husband. And then, who plays her daughter?
0: Stephanie Sue, I think that's how you say her her last name. Eric could help us a lot if he was on this Uh, episode. Yeah,
1: he could. He could. Yeah. And and it's got the powerhouse that is Jamie Lee Curtis as this very unhinged IRS agent. Oh man! And it's just also also someone who's in it is James Hong, who yes, he that dude Hollywood legend is a Hollywood legend. He just got his Hollywood star on the walk of fame on the Hollywood walk of fame. And that dude should have had that years ago. Cause he's been in everything. Yep.
0: Yeah. So he's so good. Um, the Daniels directed this movie. They most recently directed Swiss army man with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. And if you've seen that movie, you know that their style is weird. They have inspirations that are a lot more gen X than millennial or, um Gen Z, which is really interesting. You don't get a lot of like mainstream filmmakers like that. And if you watch this movie, it's it definitely feels like not like a YouTube video, but like oh man. So like the scene where Johu Tabak, Deba- what's what's the villain's name, Johu Tabaki, uh um, appears for the first time. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of like
1: yeah, J. J. Um, J.
0: a lot of confetti, and, yeah. and it feels it feels inventive as far as like YouTube creativity in the best way, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that does make sense. It, yeah, no, I, it's, it's just cool because it there's so many different styles that they they throw into this movie, and it feels like lightning in a bottle has been captured because I think there's so many ways in which this movie could not work and and not yeah just it just could not work in so many different ways the the message could have gotten lost in all the things that they tried to do but it didn't and this movie like, does a
0: lot yeah and it they, does they maintain so much this it's a great script um if i'm not mistaken it's written by the daniels um yeah so it was it was yes. written by them as well they wrote with Michelle Yeoh in mind and um she agreed to do it they they said Michelle Yeoh is like the was the best person or the person they had in mind obviously and they're like we're kind of screwed if like she doesn't want to do it because there there are other <laughs> act there are definitely other actresses who um could have played this role but she just really got on board with the vision and went all out her and the whole cast, obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, but yeah, there, there's just this really, the, the movie is um, about, about a lot of things too. It's about like regret, like what if I'd made different decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, because as the synopsis kind of um, kind of hit on, she gets to the way that she's um, tasked with defeating this great multi-dimensional villain
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is oh yeah we need to just talk about the disclaimer we love this movie obviously if you are if this has like this conversation so far has piqued your interest in the movie please go see it um, and we recommend that you pause here come back to this episode after you've seen it because we are going to talk about spoilers and not in the sense that Uh, dr strange shows up but in the sense that um you really have to experience this like a roller coaster and Mm -hmm. and uh we can't tell you any of the twists or turns or falls so um yeah but anyway there's there's so much heart in this movie and um it's about family it's about regret it's about making friendships and relation or friendships and relationships work it's there's like this philosophical heart at the center of the movie. That's really fascinating that we'll talk about a little bit, but yeah. Okay. I, I want to ask you, Olivia, why do you think this movie with so much happening, why do you think it works? Like you see multiple universes, mm-hmm. you see you, there are fight scenes. There are like shocking, shocking mechanics for mm-hmm. um, all of the, individuals in various universes to tap into their other versions of themselves abilities Mm -hmm. uh, that will kind of describe some of them are pretty, pretty shocking. Why do you think this movie works so well?
1: So I think, I think the performances are part of the reason why it works because like we said earlier, when we were talking about the cast, like everyone is awesome in this movie. I, I think for me it works because It's taking this very huge idea like a multi-universe and it's still so grounded like like you said at the end of the day this movie is about about like family relationships about about just relationships in general and making them work or at least trying to it's about regret it's it's about not knowing like what what you're doing with your life, even though you're, you know, middle age, like
0: parenting,
1: it's about parenting. It's about the, you know, it's about parent child relationship, but specifically mother daughter relationship. And I've seen where people have compared it already to Dr. Strange because it's, that's, you know, about a multiverse as well. But I, I think like what, what we didn't see with Dr. Strange is, it's not like, it just feels so like not grounded in any way. And this feels very grounded. And and I like Dr. Strange. I, I, you know, we talked about it already. I don't want to like compare apples and oranges here. Um, That's just kind of what I've seen online, like on Twitter and stuff is that comparison, but it, yeah, for me, I think it works because it's, it's so human at the end of the day in a way that I, I don't think we see with mainstream blockbusters at this point.
0: Yes, absolutely. And and I think the... Uh, I mean, I just, yeah, I just have so many thoughts because the Daniels, you know, I'm thinking about it from the background in which they learned to make movies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, was what? V- very much like, oh, yeah. they So, yeah, we didn't even... T- uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. I think, I believe, like, in in the professional uh, climate where they cut their teeth was music videos. They got to make yeah. some really inventive music videos for Foster the People, Manchester Orchestra, Tenacious D, The Shins, Little John. Like, uh, yeah, create really good, really good music videos. And where they got to do like like we said, like more YouTube sort of creativity. Mm-hmm. They in an interview, um, both of them said, you know, we like movies, but our inspirations come from more from video games and, and that's just a really, in, this movie, this movie is example a of why like inspiration can come from anywhere. Inspiration mm-hmm. doesn't have to come from citizen Kane or the third man, or like, you know, like classic cinema. It can come from anything. And for that, for them, it was, you know, obviously this movie has a great soundtrack. Son Lux does the soundtrack um the the plot mechanics of how they (laughs) if you you have to really pay attention because i didn't really know what was going on for a little bit and then it kind of like they kind of subtly remind you like this is how it works um of jumping from different universes you'll just land in the present universe in which the movie begins Mm -hmm. and you're reminded of the stakes their marriage Mm -hmm. is on the rocks their Mm -hmm. laundromat is on the rocks. Her relationship with her daughter is on the rocks. She kind of like has failed at everything and doesn't seem able to connect emotionally. Doesn't seem to be able to succeed in her business or her marriage. And Jamie Lee Curtis's um, unhinged IRS agent is close to like, just sh- shutting down their business and seizing all their assets. Mm-hmm. And the, the movie just really brilliantly you land back in that universe and you're reminded of the stakes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that it would have been really easy for them to be like, okay, we're off in all these different universes, uh, different worlds, and we're just going to stay there and forget about everything that's happening on go like happening and going on in like this Evelyn's universe. And I think coming back to that is like, Oh Yeah. That's, that's right. Like everything sucks for her. It all feels like everything's on the rocks, like you said. And it's just kind of this reminder that we get of like, okay, this is actually where she's at.
0: Do you, do you like, I think that that is strategic too because it kind of helps her think it puts you in the perspective of someone. And I think this is a universal thing. Like everybody has regret. Everybody mm-hmm. wishes that they had make, made different decisions, like mm-hmm. big or small. And that's, that's sort of, it's brilliant because especially there's a scene where she is fighting um, mm-hmm. Jobu Tabaki and they're, they're just blending through all these universes. And that chapter mm-hmm. actually stuck, began with the the, the chapter heading um, everywhere. Chapter mm-hmm. one is everything. Chapter two is everywhere. Chapter three is all at once. Um, And they're blending through all these universes, sword fighting, punching each other. And it's just really, it's beautiful. Technically, it's beautiful emotionally because you're reminded that this life is her where she's sitting at her laundromat Mm -hmm. with a shattered window (laughs) and an IRS (laughs) agent like telling her about how her marriage failed and she drove her car into the neighbors side the side of their house Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something and uh yeah do you like when you think about like things you would have done differently do you think that that is one reason why this movie touches so like sensitively on you know that human experience of Mm -hmm. like
1: yeah, I think I think regret is universal for sure. And and I think that even even if we wouldn't say necessarily that we regret something, because there's lots of people who are like, oh, I have no regrets. And and while that may be like true, I, I think that to a certain extent there are things that we just kind of wonder or we're cu- curious about like ha- had I done that thing differently, like what would have changed, right? And and this movie you see Evelyn get to explore like, well, if I had, if I had not got married, if I had not like left and gotten married, would I have actually become this super successful movie star? And you see, that's really enticing to her. And, and so like, I, I think that, that we have these ideas of like, well, what, what could have been, right? Like, had I, like had i practiced basketball more could i have actually like gone a little further with that i don't know probably not but that's a thought i've had sometimes from time yeah. to time you know so or if if i had actually put more effort into honing my skills as as a artist could i have like actually pursued animation you know like like those are those are just small times or or small things where i'm just like man i wonder but yeah i think that we all to a certain extent have have some sort of regret or or just what if type moment and i think that that really hits home for all of us no matter how old we are because like like you and i aren't very old but i imagine there are also things that you're like man i wish i would have done differently you know and so so i think it it hits people at no matter what their age is no matter where they're at in life like even if things are like great in life it it can still be like i just wonder you know yep so so yeah i i yeah all that say yes i do think it's on the human
0: experience and and the you know the movie starts out with this sort of like bleak look at their apartment and them kind of like fussing about um trying to get the documents together to go to see the irs agent and the james hong um as he's playing evelyn's father mm-hmm. is kind of just really fussy and like he's he's older and he's aging and they kind of have to take care of him and there's there's like a laundromat um regular who <laughs> uh ki kwan's character waymond um, mm-hmm. um evelyn's husband ends up dancing with and he's just having a fun time. Like you get to, you get to see really quickly everybody's, you know, character. Um, and then after that, they go to the IRS office, there's a fight scene, there's all the crazy things happening. And then you just kind of get thrust into the story. And one of the big things that you learn, um, is that joy, their daughter has a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and she, a lot like a really the crux of this movie is her really wanting her mom's approval to and support in coming out to her grandpa who -hmm. is very old-fashioned and and doesn't believe believe in relationships um in that progressive sense so what what did you think about the way I kind of want you to take this just having i know that you have a great relationship with your mom mm-hmm. and um the the way that Evelyn interacts with joy is pretty is pretty tough to to yeah. watch um and especially from a different culture uh pr- perspective of a different culture but yeah what, what what were your thoughts whenever she kind of shows love by saying pretty hard things to her
1: I think I think part of that it's a cultural thing for sure and I just with my work with um like Asian clients like like homosexuality is is not okay like that is not okay um and I like how how Evelyn is like you're lucky that you have a mom who's so so progressive and um it's like Okay, you can accept it. Although we see later that she actually doesn't, that she actually has not accepted it. But it's—I mean—it's hard to see that. And I—I mean—I talk about parental relationships a lot with clients at work and everything. And so, so those subtlety, even if they're subtle, which I think with Evelyn, there were times where it wasn't so subtle. It—it's hard to to see that because it's like, man, you're so close to just like loving your daughter and accepting her. And like, if you, if you could just like get out of your own way a little bit, man, you guys could, could really like get somewhere and and really like develop that relationship. And so, you know, with my mom, I actually saw this with my mom and real quick. What did
0: she, did she like the movie? I don't yeah, know. If I she asked you. Yeah, she did.
1: Yeah. 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 So so afterwards we got to the car and we sat there and we were just like, we both just kind of sat there with it. And we were like, that was so good. And my mom goes, it was so weird, but it was so <laughs> good. Which is fair. Like it's, yeah, weird. Yeah. it's a weird. It's a movie. weird movie. Um she no, she really liked it. She was like, that was that was so good. And we talked about the acting. And and how good Michelle Yeoh was, my mom loves Jamie Lee Curtis, so she was like, of course Jamie Lee Curtis was so good. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, this was a this, and I knew I knew that the only thing I really knew about this movie was the mother daughter aspect of it, and I didn't know like really why the mother daughter aspect was like so or theme was so important until of course I watched it. But yeah, it was it, what a movie to watch with your mom. Yeah, but yeah I I mean I don't know going back to your question of kind of like watching Evelyn be pretty harsh with with her daughter uh, with joy it's always I don't know it's always hard it feels like you know how how sometimes whenever like as a kid you'd go to your friend's house and then your your friend's mom was like yelling at your your friend or your friend was getting in trouble. It felt kind of like that. And where it was just like, I just want to sink into this chair and like pull my shirt over my head that I don't have to like be here for this, but also like, I want to like say, Hey, stop talking to this person like that. Mm -hmm. But it to, to Evelyn's like defense, I, I think one, she couldn't accept her daughter's sexuality. And so that's why she didn't want to tell her father about joy's sexuality, but also like be, and this is something we haven't really talked about. This is also about Evelyn's relationship with her father.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they flash back to basically Evelyn chose to leave and go to America with Waymond and, and try to, you know, ultimately open a business and try to be successful. And then life kind of weighs them down mm-hmm. with all of its worries. And, um, and then her father comes to live with them when her mother passes away and he's kind of this, yeah, he's definitely a background figure. And in another scene in the, or scenes in the movie, he plays a pretty important role as like mm-hmm. the leader of the alpha universe where Evelyn was a brilliant scientist, figured out the technology that allows, um, is it, what? what is it called? Is it called portal jumping or something? Like
1: yeah, they get so. you where know, you
0: connect to different versions of yourselves and other universes. Mm-hmm. And her daughter Joy was the test subject and she eventually went insane and had access to all of her, is it, is, the, is that right? She had access to every one of her, yeah so she universes abilities yeah
1: so the thing was you could only do it for so long before you needed to jump back to yourself uh and joy was able to to stay with another version of herself for much longer than everyone else and so the alpha universe's evelyn tried to push her and push her too far which Man, how many times do we see that in a movie? Yeah, where, no, it all comes down parent, to
0: like messed up parenting. Yeah, yeah,
1: where the parent pushes their kid too far and the kid breaks. And and that's what happens with Joy in the Alpha universe is she has this, this break and she ends up being able to experience all of her selves at the same time. Which, could you imagine how exhausting that would be? Like, whenever they they showed that scene where she is experiencing everything at, at the same time, it's it's wild. Like, And
0: it's also hilarious. Like, I don't think we've talked about how funny the movie is. There, yeah. there were multiple scenes where I was just crying, laughing. Um, but the first time you see Jobu Tabaki, aka Joy, um, the villainous version of Joy, she has, like clown makeup on and then she like changes outfits when the lights flicker and it's kind of like it's kind of scary because you can tell like oh she's the she's the big bad yeah and she just does an incredible job but she ends up (laughs) beating (laughs) beating up a couple uh policemen with really (laughs) large dildos yes yes (laughs) it's just really shocking and um and absurd and you realize that this movie is just breaking every single wall that it can
1: yeah yeah so yeah and and i think i think evelyn because of i mean it seems like at best her father gong gong was mean but i i would argue that he was probably pretty verbally abusive yep and so so i think just because of her own childhood trauma she just was not ready to deal with like what her father was going to say when he found out that excuse me that his granddaughter is in a homosexual relationship relationship
0: right because it would have reflected on her
1: yeah parenting to
0: to a certain degree yeah
1: right so so for you isaac like like what yeah like i watched this with my mom it's very much emphasizing the mother-daughter relationship but like what about you like what what did you think about that aspect
0: there? The, the mother daughter relationship, um, was, so the first time I saw this, I, you know, you just kind of experience mm-hmm. the movie and it washes over you and you take a lot of things away and some other the things you're not able to focus on. The first time that I saw it, I was my, my wife and I had been going, <laughs> we have, we have she's pregnant and so there's just it's been a journey the last several months and we had been having some like some personal stuff with us um not between us but more like financial actually with like taxes Mm -hmm. and the scene where she is in a universe where she's a famous movie star kind of like the traditional michelle Mm yo route that she has taken in real life um she sees Waymond who has become pretty successful uh, as a businessman I think Mm -hmm. um in China and they reconnect and then he says something to the effect of um even though you've broken my heart again because they're trying to like they're talking about whether or not they could have made it work Mm -hmm. he says something to the effect of even though you've broken my heart yet once again I would have been happy to he says something along the lines of I would have been happy to uh, in another life do taxes and laundry with you mm-hmm. because she tells him in another world, we are a failure. We're not happy. We're doing taxes and laundry. And he tells her, this is how I fight. I fight by finding the good and, in mm-hmm. and, and being positive mm-hmm. and, and, I cried both times in this movie the first time because of that. And the second time because of the mother daughter relationship with Evelyn and joy, because I'm going to have a daughter mm-hmm. and I was, yep. I was, I was a blubber and mess, uh, <laughs> in the middle of both movies. So, and especially towards the end, it's very sweet. Um, Yeah. In a kind of it in a, in, a, in a weird way, it's what I wanted. It's what I needed to hear mm-hmm. that uh, that relationships matter. The taxes come and go, and the person that you are with in whatever universe is that that person for you. So it's really really sweet.
1: That was that was really sweet. Um, don't mind me, just getting a little <laughs> teary eyed over here. Jeez. Yeah. No, I do every um, time I think of the movie. So yeah, and. And I love, I honestly, I love having like that you had that reaction because I mean, I've, we've known each other since we were what, like 18. And so, so it's, it's just kind of crazy that like at this point we've known each other for almost 10 years and seeing like how far we've both come from, from our little freshman selves and, and seeing like seeing our friendship develop, but seeing like you grow as a person, uh as a man as a husband and and now you know i get to see it all albeit from a distance you be a father which is really cool because i don't know it's just really cool to see i think my friends become parents which is weird because i think that a few years ago it would it 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 freaked me out i think the first time one of my friends was like yeah we're pregnant I was like whoa wait no 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 yeah. no that's we're too old we're not we're not too old we are too young for that uh but i don't know it's just i think that's my own personal growth but seeing friends become parents and seeing how they they take on this next chapter is really cool and so i'm really excited to see that for you i, I realize you. we've we've derailed from the movie a little bit but uh, it's just it's just it's, really cool and it's I think a personal
0: this, movie and yeah we can get personal with it so
1: that's that's right so yeah, and if
0: in another universe, like we may not have met and started Flower Film Country.
1: In another universe, this would actually be a very successful podcast, and this is what <laughs> we do full time.
0: We're getting there, we're getting there.
1: So uh yeah, what a sad universe that would be for us to never have met, though.
0: I know, I know. But uh I I needed to ask you what what was your favorite scene, slash like your favorite funny scene because i i have i have mine in okay. mind and i wanted to to hear yours
1: i think i think the rock scene okay i think the rock scene was my favorite because it's so goofy and like weird and you see you just see two rocks and and you just see the the text and
0: they're sentient rocks
1: (laughs) yeah they're sentient rocks and it's so silly that they're having this conversation through like through rocks but also it's it's kind of beautiful and joy
0: says i come here to get away from everything yeah and they just they're just sitting there and you sense that you're like oh my gosh i feel like so much more calm because it's like kind of on a mountaintop and you're looking uh-huh. at some mountains it's valley it's beautiful
1: it's beautiful yeah and it is it is calm it's probably the the most chill the movie is the entire time and and so i think like that that was purposeful because it's coming off of if i remember correctly it's coming off of like just crazy scenes they're going through different universes and then it just stops right there yep and so for about
0: five minutes i think
1: yeah so so you pause with them And, and you feel this sense of like, I can breathe now. And, and I think that's just kind of a, a glimpse of what Joy has experienced as she's been going through all of this. And it's funny, but it's also like, so heartwarming, I guess, is I think the best word for it, because you see Evelyn really make an effort and, and really try to to understand her daughter and they're in rock form it's it's just this beautiful like combination of of funny and kind of silly while also being so so just such an attempt to to like reach across the aisle in a sense and and try to try to like understand this person who's so different from you that you have such a hard time understanding. And and that's really hard. And I think it's, it's for a lot of parents, it's just easier to be like, whatever, like this is just the relationship we have and be done with it. And I think that's kind of where Evelyn was, but through this whole thing, she, she realizes, I don't, I don't want this. Clearly that has like led to my daughter being in another universe, being this, this like, Evil person, and like I don't want that for my relationship with my my joy, yeah. and so. Real so quick, yeah.
0: random question: Who would win in a fight, Joe tobaki or Scarlet Witch?
1: Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. I I don't know because they're
0: both. I so think ruthless. they they kind yeah they kind of like they don't do cosmic magical power in everything everywhere it's more just like martial art like it's a little bit more grounded even though it's like mm-hmm. fantastical sci-fi universe jumping but you get the sense that she can mess yeah. with people's minds and stuff like that so i kind of think I th- yeah
1: i i think that joe jobu tabaki would be able to like throw scarlet witch off by like switching universes like that one scene that she has with evelyn where they every time they like have contact it switches to a different universe like i think that she could do that with scarlet witch and that would really mess up scarlet witch but i think that scarlet witch would be able to like
0: eventually somehow
1: like counter yeah blow her up uh but that would be such a such a cool fight i think.
0: Yeah, um, my the the scene where I laughed the heart the set the funny second funniest scene to me was when um, everything kind of resets and they're in the IRS building in someone's office and she's trying to explain to Joy and Waymond that. That there's this universal thing going on, and she's like, it's it's like raccoonie, and they're like, what? <laughs> and then she's she's explained the plot of ratatouille, like they're pulling yeah. your hair and you're doing different things, but they're in different universes, and then they start crying, laughing because she meant to say ratatouille, but it's raccoonie, which completely changes the animal, uh-huh. like in the, in, and so that was I, I saw this in a full theater the first time I saw it, and people were just dying laughing. And it's such a genuine moment of like, you've had moments like that with your family where your oh, yeah. parent just says something so like that dates them so badly, like mm-hmm. they couldn't remember the quote or whatever. Um, and then when that joke plays off. Oh man. You have to believe I was, I was just immobilized with, yeah. with laughter and, and mind you, I was crying five minutes before that. like right. Very hard. Um, when she is a chef in a restaurant and sees, looks over at a hibachi, a, another hibachi chef, and you see the ra- raccoon tail underneath yeah. the hat. I was dying laughing, and then she goes in the theater or the uh, kitchen and sees him <laughs> cooking and pulling on his and it's hair. Just,
1: it's and it's like it's very clearly a mechanical raccoon, yes. Yes. but I kind of love that they didn't make it look like any more realistic. Yeah. So it's man. It's so good.
0: It's so good. And I, and I have to, I just have to point out that the, the song that's playing is, is it's like this little, uh now we're cooking and it's <laughs> Son Lux got with. um, Dang. What's his name? He did the, the toy story or he got with Randy Newman. Oh,
1: Randy Newman.
0: And so that whole song is on Spotify. It's like two minutes long. It's like, now we're cooking nothing strange about two humans making a gravy and (laughs) and she they turn around and the raccoon's like clearly not as like friendly as remy from ratatouille yeah he goes she's seen too much we need to get rid of her (laughs) and and then she calls the the pound and they take the raccoon and he's like raccoonie, no (laughs) it's like don't ever forget me like the raccoon's talking it's just it is just the funniest thing. And you can, you know, that they were just like, that would be the funniest thing if this, this, it's, it's like the funniest joke slash payoff mm-hmm. to a joke. Yes. I've, I've seen in a movie in, it, a long it's, it's time. like definitely up there, like the, yeah, one of the best jokes ever of yeah. all time. So, yeah.
1: Oh, man. It's sorry if, if she, we just
0: spoiled it for you, but you brought it on yourself. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we warned you. Yep. So. Yeah, it it's definitely one of the best payoffs for a joke I've seen it in a long time. It was man, so good. I I was cracking up at that part too, cause cause I mean, well, we you said something about like you know, a parent or someone having a hard time remembering something, and they're just like completely like like messing it up. But it's so funny. I do that all the time, and it's so embarrassing, but it's also really funny. And so I like. I was like, this is awesome that she just can't remember Ratatouille. And then later that joke pays off. And it's like, that's amazing. So uh something I want to talk about is uh so something I want to talk about real quick before we we get off here is how you said that this this ranks as as number two for you this year. Um. so this ranks number two for you where this year where does yeah. it rank as far as as like just in general for
0: you in general oh this yeah this is one of my favorite movies of the, of the year um it's one of my favorite movies i think ever yeah definitely like i think i'm gonna return to it i think it's gonna be sort of a a yearly watch for me mm-hmm. which is um if you've listened to our podcast that's one of the the biggest um, honors I can ascribe to to a movie, so yeah. Nice. What about you?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite movies too. I think it's, I don't know. I, I would say it's moved into my top ten. I did put it. I texted you this. I did put it as one of my four like favorites on Letterboxed. So, I I think that it's for sure top ten. Uh, it's it's definitely a movie that I think that. I will get something different out of it every time I watch it.
0: Yes, and and so sure.
1: I, I do want to rewatch it because I've just seen it once, but it's so good. And I, I feel like I can't emphasize enough how great this movie
0: is. I think we've, we've covered some, like some of the funniest parts, some of the most sentimental kind of heartbeat moments of the movie. um, And yeah. And then it ends with, you know, reconciliation and this sort of um, the last thing I want to say just about the plot in general, before we get off is the Daniels had an interview where they, they basically shared that one of the really the villain of the villain of the movie. Isn't really Jobu Tabaki. It's mm-hmm. the everything bagel. And if that's, mm-hmm. that sounds weird, it's because it's, it is, and it's funny and it's also sad because it's basically a symbol for like nihilism, nothing matters. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just destroy everything. Mm -hmm. and the point that they made which i disagree with um, at the end of the day but i think is really interesting is that the movie kind of ends on this sort of like positive not note like you have your family you have a hand that's been dealt to you and it's your responsibility to kind of make of it what you will Mm -hmm. um but also if nothing matters then why not be kind why not be benevolent why not be the the best person that you can be and the best mom and the best husband that sort of thing um and that's really the the role that wayman plays Mm -hmm. in this movie he is the the sort of like constant reminder to her that like the glass is half full we have you know they don't say that but like that's how i say it's like i've been blessed with a lot Mm -hmm. um and i just you know, cultivating thankfulness and gratitude and all that stuff is kind of like the role that Wayman plays, which is one reason his character is like so powerful to me and why Kihi Kwan's performance is just so uh, memorable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that was one thing I wanted to say that's like, it's just a really interesting sort of tension um, mm-hmm. that they cultivate in the in the movie.
1: Yeah, and, and Kihi Kwan... He hadn't acted. He hadn't been in a role in years. This yes, was his that's first, correct. First movie in years. He was in Indiana Jones and the Goonies as a kid, but he just didn't get any roles as an adult until this. And, and so,
0: and this was kind of the breaking of that um, Asian stereotyping that you know, like the the accent that's been kind of <laughs> uh, portrayed in a negative mm-hmm. way and in a very like stereotyping way um and this movie just makes wonderful wonderful use of him so yeah yeah
1: yeah. he's he's fantastic uh and and yeah like i i think that you raise a good point like if if nothing matters then why not be you know the best parent you can be the best friend you can be like why not and i don't know i think part of that is just like who we are as, as people Yep. Uh, and probably our own belief systems at play there, but yeah, cause I think it's really easy to get bogged down by, by everything. It's really, really easy to just be, be like, well, I'm going to give up and not care. I think it takes a lot of effort to, to care, to yeah, push through. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's really hard. It is hard, but it's, it's good. And that movie kind of reminds you of that which is why I think it's, it should be essential viewing for anyone who loves movies. So yeah. you have any final thoughts about Everything Everywhere?
1: Go see it. It's amazing.
0: Agreed. That's, that's my Agreed. final thought. Mine too. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast at all, please rate it on whatever service you use, especially um, if you listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, those five-star ratings really help us out. So please do that. Um, take the time to do that our music is by cordon jocks our artwork is by macy lummis our next episode is going to be everybody wants some richard linklater's hilarious college baseball period piece um, that was an absolute blast to film or to record and that's going to be eric's last episode with us mm-hmm. um, so we'll get to say farewell to him um, with that and that'll be coming next week we're going to cover under the banner of heaven at the beginning of june we're going to cover obi-wan at the end of June and next weekend, we're going to cover Top Gun. So we are really, really excited about that.
1: Yes, sorry, I zoned out for a second. <laughs> uh, I, I think I just heard Top Gun, and I just immediately thought of the the, the beach Take volleyball scene.
0: Away. Oh yeah, no, that's and, the, yeah, I would zone out too if I. Yeah,
1: that's that. just what I was thinking about. Uh, so yep. anyway, all right, Goose.
0: All right, Mav. We'll talk to you later.
1: Goodbye.